Power Rangers, Power Rangers. Rangers and residents of Amber Beach, welcome to the Sentai Truther Club. I am your host, Grav, and with me is my favorite envy in the world, Kennedy. Hi. And today we have my second favorite envy in the world, Guau. Welcome Hello. back, Guau. Thanks. Thanks. I'm happy to be back. I'm excited to talk about these episodes today. Wow, you got the lucky end of the stick on the uh, Sentai Truther Club uh, guest <laughs> treatment. This is the second time you come on for some insanely pog Power Rangers, because before this you were on RPM. Yeah, and those were some very good episodes. <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> And we're back at it again with some Dino Charge. And now, before we get too into Dino Charge, uh, I do want to say that this was the season. I I've said it before in earlier episodes, but in case you haven't heard them, um, this was the season that started the Truther Club. Like, I saw this season early pandemic when uh, I, I had picked up my son during a uh, the initial COVID wave in New York City. I picked up my son to get him out of there and be with me for a couple months until the pandemic died down. Ha ha. Uh, and uh, he puts on Power Rangers, and I'm like, oh yeah, I used to, I used to watch Power Rangers. Why, why not? And then he puts on Dino Charge, and I'm like, wait a second, what? <laughs> what have I been missing? And, you know, the rest is sort of history here. And now, 21 seasons deep and a movie, a couple of movies, actually. And we're back at it again with Power Rangers Dino Charge in my life. And I got to say, man, those writers were, some, were on some cocaine, huh? It's the 90s again, but in, like, the way you want it to be, right? Where all the writers are, sn are snorting cocaine? But in like a fun way. Yes. That's the important distinction. <laughs> right? That's what Saban has done this time around. Because uh, we've already had our reunion season. So la the last season previous to this was uh, Megaforce and Super Megaforce. And that was the, uh, we're bringing, we're going to make it old school. The, the high schoolers are back and they're all about environmentalism and all this other stuff. And... Um, we even had a movie where the Rangers, like older Rangers, came back. It was a lot of fan service, etc. So Saban already played that card. Uh, and Saban also played off the 90s nostalgia vibes, dude, with like Samurai and Super Samurai. So Dino Charge and Super Dino Charge has to kind of be original at this point to get the viewers interested. What about you, Kennedy? What do you think about it so far going into it? It's interesting because it's it's very different than what we just saw in a lot of ways. It feels like one of the good Disney seasons. Like Ninja Storm or something? Yeah. Like, I don't know. It's very curious because it's, it's, it's just like, uh, it's kind of all over the place, but in a good way, <laughs> mostly. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, let's get right into it. Uh, this review is going to cover the first two episodes of Power Rangers Dino Charge, and we start with episode one. Power from the past. Right. So the truth or shit just starts, like, immediately. So we're, 60, we're specifically 65 million years ago, and Guau, you were a dinosaur kid, right? Yes, I was. <laughs> Perfect series to have me on. Yeah. So what age of dinosaurs was like 65 million years ago at this point? I mean, that's, I mean, we'll get to it, but it, it's quite literally the end. I mean, it's the like end of the Cretaceous period um, after this point. And uh, as, you know, we later will be discussing, <laughs> there is no more dinosaurs at this point, like as what is considered, you know, to be a traditional dinosaur. And all that's left is like, small mammals that eventually you know now 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 we're here i guess <laughs> <laughs> we're existing yay for some reason <laughs> <laughs> yeah so kennedy where does it start exactly we've got we've got this character named the keeper i believe right who's on the run just keeper actually his, just keeper. Their name is just keeper, right? Just keeper. No the. But sometimes it's say they, they now the narrator says the. I okay. Listen, what do you want from me? <laughs> I feel like uh, when Fury yells his name, he just says keeper. The Rangers do too. I feel like that as well. Maybe I, it's man, just an it's just keeper. <laughs> It's just keeper, it's kind of it's I like guess. a Marvel title or something, right? It's like share. It's <laughs> <laughs> my keeper. So we've got uh, the keeper on the run from a bounty hunter named Sledge, who must be running a successful bounty hunting enterprise, right? Because Sledge has like a bunch of jail cells just filled with wanted criminals, quote unquote, maybe question mark, question mark, question mark. Cause he's just like essentially space dandy or something. No, okay. But so like Sledge evil. Like, yeah. He's like a, he's like an evil bounty hunter, which is kind of interesting. Cause they're like, uh, it's, there's a little bit of a cab element to that. Right. Like just to say like, he's a bounty hunter that, catches criminals and imprisons them but he's evil yeah yeah actually that is pretty cool because we uh, don't really see like who he like we don't really see the empire that he like turns the quote-unquote criminals into right or anything it's just he's presented as this he's just presented as this like villain that like you don't want him getting all this powerful energy because then he'd want to rule the universe or something uh, it, he's just bad. I, it, there's not much more explanation. He's just bad. Every like everybody cowers in fear when he walks by. Okay, enough said, right? <laughs> yeah. yeah. First thing you do is see him uh, take those like electricity tubes and just like pull them together because they were like broken or whatever. And and I forget the name of the other guy. I think it was uh wrench. I, I haven't written down. I think it was wrench who was like, whoa. <laughs> <laughs> That's your boss. Yeah, they all like kind of cow to him. 
Wrench is probably the most bold over the course of the season as like it gets going in some ways, but even Wrench is like, I don't want to get stepped on. I'm good. Yeah. And I mean, he's able to like capture like what? 50, 50 people at least on his ship and like keep them there. <laughs> you know, like you have to have some sort of like, there, there is some sort of like Frieza level power level going on situation here. Yeah, it's it's nuts. Um, so Sledge has got he's got a ship. He's chasing after this keeper guy. Keeper's got something valuable. We don't know exactly what yet. Um, but uh, Sledge shoots down Keeper's ship, and Keeper's ship lands on you guessed it, Earth, sixty-five million years ago in the. Wow, I'm pointing at you. Oh, what era? It's the Cretaceous. The Cretaceous era. (laughs) 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 I'm sorry for putting you on the spot. Oh, no, Um, it's fine. I couldn't tell what you were pointing to because I have you in the corner. So it's like you're. I know that's Discord doesn't cut all this. Um, (laughs) uh, So 65 million years ago in the Cretaceous period, that's where Keeper lands on Earth. Sledge sends down Fury to go get the Dino Gems, which is apparently what Sledge wanted. Well, they're they're or just not, they're not Dino Gems. Sorry, they're Ener Gems. They're not they're not Dino Gems yet. Yeah, I'm getting ahead of myself. <laughs> um, so the Ener Gems. That's what Sledge is after. That's what Keeper's got. And, you know, you know Power Rangers shit. You can already probably guess what the inner gems are. It's the shit that makes you a Power Ranger. Keeper, like, pulls this very obvious ploy where he plays dead. (laughs) And just... He plays dead, but, like... Puts something else in the box. And then Fury... he He's lays down on the floor and plays dead with his eyes wide eyes open. Open. I mean, he didn't have that much time, I guess, you know. He just immediately flopped on the floor and then just left the, <laughs> the box where the energized was. Like, it's only, like, lightly covered by dirt. <laughs> it just seems like a... It's, it, it almost seems like hilarious bit that you'd be, like, only seeing on, t- on like, a... Like one of those true TV where some guy gets one on the cops for like five minutes by like laying down by his car. <laughs> and the cops just run by thinking he went in like a specific direction or something like that. And then five minutes later, the police circle back around and go, oh shit, he's actually just down right next to the car door on the passenger side. And you're just like, oh my god, these cops are fucking stupid. <laughs> it's exactly like that, but instead it's with Fury. And this and is a Fury great... looks really cool, but it's very obvious that he's also really dumb. This is a great way to establish Fury's character because Fury is a fuck up. So But he looks cool. He looks cool. And he acts tough sometimes. But he's also really dumb. Because <laughs> he was about to, like, slice him again. Like, like, oh, I'm going to make sure you're really dead. And then he sees the box for the energy. And he's like, oh, energems. <laughs> Only yeah. people thinking pivot. about one thing at a time. <laughs> Attention span of a dog. <laughs> it's 
attention span of a bird, maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I will say it may not be Keeper's fault that his eyes couldn't close because the amount of facial expressions that Keeper is able to make is kind of small. It's Keeper's like one not... facial expression. <laughs> like his mouth barely moves. His eyelids, like, sometimes it looks like one of them's just not going to go when they start to... All the way. They're, they're like, the, he's he, he's built like one of those dolls where you turn it upside down and the eyes close, but but one of them gets, like, stuck. Oh. Yeah. Exactly like that. Yeah. Or just, like, an animatronic that's not working so good. <laughs> um, rather it's weird, unfortunate. because every other costume is fine in this show for the most part and even sledge like, and sledge is a sledge is an american original 100 percent american original design sledge still looks good not the best looking villain ever necessarily but pretty solid actually like there's some details that kind of pull it together it's the red lighting the red rgb they added to the yeah, suit i think is what really sells it because other than that he looks like a someone that would be like an unreal the PC game that came out in the 90s. <laughs> I think uh, of the previous record we mentioned it, but he really looks like Fallout 1 kind of game. Like, that's why I was like, he really stands out compared to the rest of the villains, the way they're designed. Because they're all just like, you know, the very like chunky, over the top, like toku the design. NPC and then he dialogues just, like... <laughs> where, the, where the face like just moves around for like five seconds. <laughs> yeah. It, it's. It felt like a Doom character to me. <laughs> I like how we pulled three different 90s <laughs> PC games here. <laughs> I mean, that's the vibe. Yeah. Sledge is a 90s PC game villain. Yeah. He's got all those even coiling the on the metal. Exactly. Yep. Even the name, even the job title, the appearance, the voice. Yeah. Yeah, he's got that heavily modulated, vo deep voice. It, the backstory is very video gamey. Yeah, it's kind of cool though. Yeah, oh, it definitely but it's not amazing necessarily. It's like we don't rank villains a lot, but Sledge will would probably be like a B tier. <laughs> you know, just I agree just, with that. The uh, the initial solid. start to him is very good. Yeah. Because um, I think the the only problem with him, honestly, is if his character design was a little bit better. Fury kind of upstages him on this. Yeah. But yeah, easily so. kind of like a... It's like a likable villain on like the levels of like Lothor from Ninja Storm, which I think is what's giving you those Disney villain vibes. Yeah, he's a, he is a little like Lothor. That's a good point. Fury comes back to the ship and he's like, hey, I got the Energems. But it's not the Energems, it's a bomb! You didn't even check the fucking box! Yeah, Sledge opens it and it's like, IT'S A BOMB! In like this loud ass voice, it's so funny. And guess what? The, uh... The Saban, uh, Saban group editors thought so as well because they clipped it and put it in the, the Dino Charge explainer. In the beginning. <laughs> Millions of years yeah. ago. <laughs> Hey man, if it's a good scene, gotta, yeah, gotta get no. your mileage out of it. Yeah, I fucking love it. I laugh every time. <laughs> so Sledge's ship is badly damaged. 
um, which causes it to go spinning away. But also, Sledge was carrying a large cargo of asteroids. And those come crashing down towards Earth. That's right. Keeper and Sledge are responsible for the death of the dinosaurs. That's the plot. No, the global extinction of the entire planet. Like, the Keeper and Sledge caused a mass extinction event that wasn't, like, intentionally or, like, naturally happened. And the funny part is you go from It's a Bomb to My Asteroids! (laughs) You know, they don't do a good enough job of explaining why he has the asteroids or why he cares so much. It's like playing Elite Dangerous with this guy. He's just hauling like <laughs> like a shit ton of uh, cargo. Yeah, that Sledge he's... is just a no-life EVE Online player. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's just hauling a shit ton of cargo for one big payout. He's top 10 in his guild. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And uh, right before... like. So at this point, Keeper bonds the Energems to the dinosaurs. And then the It's a Bomb scene happens with the My Asteroids falling out and hitting the Earth. So you get, like, just tonal whiplash of, like, okay, the dinosaurs are the most powerful beings on this planet, but also they die in the first, like, day of them having Energem power. Also, Keeper's just, like... I'm sure you're better than Sledge. Here, be good. And then immediately eat shit. Yeah. Like, it all seems poorly thought out. We really need to talk about the fact that the Jedi are, in fact, wrong in our (laughs) review. And that Keeper is kind of a bad guy in some ways. (laughs) (laughs) Very much complicit. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, he's 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 like now he's like, you know, I, I wasn't really in favor of Iraq. But then you go back and Joe Biden did vote to authorize the Iraq war. So, I mean, wait, hold on. Uh, <laughs> what happens next in the show? Uh, we cut to the present. We cut to 65 million years later. I'm going to be referencing that a bit because that's a lot of time to pass. And that's interesting for a few reasons, but one reason in particular, which is Fury. <laughs> yeah. Um, but uh, I don't want to get too ahead of myself yet. Well, Fury uh, was so- actually sent out, like, after, around the whole Asteroids debacle, uh, Fury got upset for his failure and was, like, launched out of a pod. Or no, I think Sledge launched him out of a pod to go find the Energems. So he's had 65 million years to find Energems. Yeah. So that happened in a later episode? No, it happens in this. So he, like, Fury gets back to Earth before the asteroids hit. Fury does get back to Earth before the asteroids hit. Because both Keeper and Fury get, like, swallowed up by the cloud of dust. Yes. It's like a mystery. Yeah. After they, that. they they, they do like, like make oh, a point dead. of showing it to you too. And like Keeper just like accepts it. Yeah, Keeper's like, <laughs> I'm di- I'm gonna die. I'm gonna meet God now. <laughs> yeah, I guess so. 
<laughs> 65 million years later, Tyler, very obviously our Red Ranger from the very first second you lay eyes on him, is at the Amber Beach Dinosaur Museum. And uh, he is clearly a dinosaur kid to, like, the fullest extent. But, like, not in an annoying way, but just, like, he loved dinosaurs, and he still kind of does. <laughs> That's the vibe. Um, he's hanging out there, and he asks um, Chase for some information about some local caves. There's these caves, and I think maybe he also talks to somebody else. I can't remember, but... Uh, I was just or just just Chase? Okay, he talks to Chase yeah. about these caves that are nearby, the Samson Caves, and he gets information about them. Apparently, his dad went exploring there once. We'll learn a little more about that soon. He uh, takes off for the caves. The caves are nuts, first of all. Like, he rappels down past some lava? Yeah... <laughs> it's kind of weird because it's dangerous, but also it's kind of like a tour, like a guided tour. Because like I mean, it's, it's very it's clear him, that though. like the walkways are wide enough. Like it feels like the walkways for this cave are like Super Mario sixty four early levels or some shit. I mean, it's where like you can, Star like, Trek do some wahoos, exactly. Some yeah, jumps. <laughs> yeah you see him rappel down, and then the background's just like active volcano like <laughs> lava type shit and then when he's in the actual cave it's like the small little corridors like yeah you'd see on like star trek and shit yeah like you know when when they go down in star trek and they're just in these like sort of perfectly manicured caves <laughs> with sand at the bottom of the floor and you know nice <laughs> clear walkways and you know hallways that you can crouch behind and shoot a laser pistol around that's what we're looking at right here <laughs> um, and uh for some reason without much difficulty tyler finds a tyrannosaurus rex fossil with the red energem in it and it's just there really obvious there's I'm not somebody to that's following you hard but i am just trying to point out that there are a few flaws in this intro, perhaps. Yeah, no, like for real, he straight up uh, repels down. Like I don't like the wall. He repels down is like maybe six feet tall. First of all, and then he, the it it really just didn't take that much effort. Like it just looks like he just looked around, saw something red, went to it, picked it up, and was like, "Oh, would you look at that? An energy gem." <laughs> Yeah, it was just, like, right there, right above the T-Rex. Like, after he got chased around by, like, someone in, like, a hood, who's kind of literally, like, and he, like, managed to escape him, but it was literally there. He just took a knife and just, like, carved it out of the wall. Yeah, there's, like, a spooky monsters chasing him. <laughs> Very Scooby-Doo-esque. Yeah. <laughs> it wasn't losing me or anything here, but I was just kind of like, what's going on? Yeah. <laughs> it's like little kid show goofy. You're like, okay. Yeah. It's acceptable. While all of this is going on, uh, there is uh at the museum, at the Amber Beach Museum, we have a ranger, a sort of like introduction of the rest of the rangers that's going on. And that initially starts with the pink one, right? Uh Shelby. Yeah, more or less. Um Shelby uh 
I mean, she her she kind of has her first interaction with Chase. Um, so it's like you kind of get a little insight into both their characters. Uh, and Chase makes like a really bad pass at Shelby, and she turns him down flat. It's kind of a fun scene. That's the thing, though, is like. There's a little bit of tonal whiplash from, like, Scooby-Doo cave to, like, teenagers hitting on each other. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> like, is this show for six-year-olds or is it for 16-year-olds? I don't think they always know this season, but for the most part, it works out. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but these character introductions are mostly good. Um, we get a brief kind of, like, glimpse into Coda, but they kind of keep him a secret for now. Like, we just kind of, like, see Coda mostly, and Chase will be like, oh, that's Coda. And you're like, okay. You just kind of, and like, let's no believe that he's a himbo or something like that, right? Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's it. got, like, the no sleeves on his jumpsuit, and, you know, he's so excited about the burger that Shelby brings him because she works at the cafe, and he just, he just, like, devours it. He's, like, walking around with it in his mouth. You're just like, okay. Yeah, I guess that is a himbo. <laughs> yeah, he's got big himbo vibes. And also, he's really strong. Really, really strong. Uh, in a way that kind of is mysterious. There's definitely a twist coming. You can smell it already. <laughs> <laughs> and we uh, also get introduced to Kendall, right? Yeah, so then also Kendall is the museum director and we'll find out she also has some other purposes soon um but uh kendall is a particularly interesting character we get introduced to her primarily through the lens of her being really bad and kind of racist feeling to shelby yeah this was one of those moments where like you could tell the dialogue was kind of written by white people and they try to make like diversity cast choices because the way Kendall was treating Shelby was like, Shelby, you're a huge piece of shit because all you do is fuck up at work. And Shelby's just like, uh, what? I'm trying my best here. But the way Kendall portrays this sort of dialogue interaction feels a lot more uh, charged. And not the dino charge. Power Rangers dino racially charged. <laughs> yeah, because yeah, she's like... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I, okay, I was just going to say, I, it's like, I can't tell if, like, it's unintentional and they didn't really know what they were doing. There's just too many white people in the room. Or if it's like they thought they were making some kind of commentary almost, but they just ham-fist it completely. It's very weird. What's the commentary, though? Well, because eventually there's, like, a reconciliation episode. You know? Uh, the reconciliation episode wasn't even really a reconciliation episode. I, well, I'm not disagreeing with you there, but let's not do that. <laughs> <laughs> no, Shelby, Shelby has to fight quite, a, quite an uphill battle, honestly. Yeah. And, and it, 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 it starts here. Unfortunately, it's like they. It's like, were you trying to make a point because you don't really address it? But also, if you weren't trying to make a point, what are you doing? What is this? I don't know. <laughs> it's kind of weird. <laughs> yeah. I mean, 
Shelby does get orders wrong. <laughs> like, there's no doubt about that. But I still feel like they were a little bit too hard on her. Um, I mean, they specifically show that because she's trying to get to Chase because he stops by in the cafe and she's like distracted because she wants to talk to him to convince him to let her to go on the dig. Right, because she's trying to like learn other parts of like her work environment that she might be able to get into in the future where she doesn't well, have to be a waitress forever. Yeah, and also, I mean, she's trying to, she's, you know, she's trying to use an in to get into like the field that she actually wants to be in. That's not really unreasonable, you know? Yeah. Honestly, Shelby makes, a, Shelby makes a lot of good, like, in terms of, like, career. I know this is getting way ahead of ourselves. But in terms of, like, from a job aspect of someone who is 18 years old, they do very interesting things with her character. In terms of, like, how she treats her, her job and her career, etc. Both as a Power Ranger and as a person who works at the museum. I agree, and I think she's presented as, like, it's frustrating because it's, like, she's actually presented as, like, very competent in a lot of ways, and, like, she's just sort of, like, occasionally a fuck-up, and it's, like, everyone is like that. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I feel like in these first two episodes, those ones really are what, like, people cling to, like Kendall. And I'm sure when we get to it, some of the other comments she makes later on once they once they get the uh the 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 Power Rangers and their energies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So Shelby really wants to go on this dig that everybody's going on. She's basically I mean, she's willing to be like an unpaid intern. Like <laughs> you know, like I mean, come on. I just want the experience. So finally she decides that with or without permission she's going to stow away on the truck and then once she gets to the dig site try to talk her way through it from there. I'm already here. You might as well let me do it. Yeah. <laughs> Ask forgiveness, not permission. Yes. <laughs> um, but when they get to the dig site Shelby has a weird experience because... She, like, pops out of the truck, and she sees this comically, like, spirit Halloween hooded monster thing, cloaked monster, running away from the truck with a box that it clearly stole from the truck. And she tries to get the attention of someone else, but no one else is paying attention. They're, like, all at the dig site already, and whatever. So... Shelby has to just run after the monster. She doesn't know what else to do. And so uh, she confronts the monster. But luckily, she gets a little help because Tyler shows up. He's out of the cave. And it's that same monster that was harassing him. All so the rangers are coming together in one spot. Slowly. Well, just two for now. <laughs> just two for now, but... It's happening. It's happening. <laughs> And before Tyler got in, she she was managed to wrestle the box out, and then once the monster is like starts attacking them, that's when you get to see the uh, pink energy gem in the box. Dun dun dun! The pink energy gem, the red energy gem—they're both here. Hmm. The monster throws off its cloak, and 
it's it's pretty cool actually. Yeah. <laughs> the cloak was whack, but this guy's all right. He looks kind of badass. Also, his name is Ice Age, it's which is so like good. <laughs> <laughs> that's a stone cold name. <laughs> like, if you walk into the place. And the guy's like, yeah, that's my homie Ice Age. It's like, that's the hitter. <laughs> <laughs> that's a name you give only to Stone Cold Killers. Period. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you got Ice Age going after the the Dino Rangers. <laughs> Who's going to win? <laughs> Dang. Think about how deep that is. <laughs> Ice Age is ready to fucking kill these two. Yeah. Ice Age is ready to kill them. He He's he's not mincing words either. He like straight up attempts homicide. Yeah. He starts blasting first. And uh Tyler pulls out his like little archaeological shovel thing and does some like Jedi shit to deflect <laughs> some of the blasts. <laughs> he deflects one blast and then the the shovel like fucking <laughs> disintegrates. The metal just disintegrates it. It's just the wooden handle left. He's like, ah, shit. That's when Ice Age busts out his fucking uh, Mr. Freeze hands and starts, like, freezing them to death, right? Mm-hmm. And they're both, like, reaching for the Energems, and they're, like, in the middle of getting frozen. And you're just like, oh, is that it? <laughs> What's gonna happen? But then the Energems... They do their trick, and uh, in a very unusual, we've only seen this sort of thing a couple of times ever, because they're pretty true to formula usually about this stuff. In a very unusual move, red and pink rangers both morph without a morphing sequence. Technically without even a morpher. Yeah. They had the guns. Did they? Oh, no problems. So the guns just, like, appear in their hands, and they're, like, calcified. They look like bone. And then they put the Energens in there, and then they, like, decalcify, and they're, like, nerf-looking guns. And then they start spinning them. And then when they shoot them, that's when their dinosaurs come out. And then they just transform. There's no transformation sequence. They're, they're Power Rangers now. Yes. And it's yeah. cool as hell. And the nerf gun is sick. Because, like, when you spin the barrel, sparks happen. We all know that's cool as shit. <laughs> oh, sparks. You remember those scooters that had, like, specifically, like, a little sparker in the back? Iron kids love that mm -hmm. shit. Mm-hmm. They knew what they were doing. <laughs> the design of the morpher, a little mid in some ways, but then once it starts sparking, you're like, all right, all right. All right. <laughs> you won me over. <laughs> So they're able to temporarily defeat Ice Age. Uh, especially because uh, the T-Rex Zord just shows up. Throws Ice Age into the sky. Team Rocket's blasting off again. Um, and then the T-Rex Zord just runs away again. And they're like, okay, I guess. Shelby's like, hey, the expedition crew left without me. Tyler's like, well, I got a car. They hop in. They start to meet each other. Um, Shelby especially is kind of curious why Tyler was even out there in the middle of nowhere. Tyler explains about the Samson Caves, and he also reveals that his father 
was an explorer and that he's been missing for many years. Ten and years. That now, basically, like, now that Tyler has turned 18 and graduated high school, he's just been spending his time going to different places mentioned in his father's journal and looking for clues or evidence of anything that might have happened. Pretty decent backstory. And it's like, it gives you like, okay, that's the drive behind the Red Ranger. And Tyler sells it because his acting is good. He's excited. He is excited to be here. He's excited to be on camera. And you can tell. Yeah, he, he loves being the it. Red Ranger. I like the reveal too when he was like, oh, and he shows the page with Fury. I think this is the, the monster my dad encountered. And then you get like the shot of them driving away and then Fury appears in the corner. And you're just like, oh, this yeah. motherfucker's still around. Yeah. Fury having sort of gotten a sense that the Energems were around somewhere. Well, I mean, I, I would hope after 65 million years you have a vibe of them, at the very least. <laughs> yeah, so Fury, we're going to get into this more as the episodes go on. But again, that red Energem was just like sitting in a cave. It, it might as well have been on a pedestal. <laughs> Fury's had 65 million years now I know the earth is pretty big but I feel like after 65 million years you would have seen like all of it and I mean all of it yeah right? yeah <laughs> yeah kind of a missed opportunity for like Fury to not have the red energem he kind of looks like he would have the red energem at the very least you know or something like that, and the Red Ranger would like have to get it from him somehow. It would directly tie with it better, I feel like. However, I think this is probably just the plot point that they were like, mm, maybe we can expand on this later, you know? Versus like giving it all to you in the introduction. I think the thing is, though, is just like the absurdity that Fury hasn't found anything this whole time is what honestly kills it. Doesn't kill it so much here, but it is something to think about. We really don't see him interact with any of the other rangers until the beginning of the second episode. Yeah, where he continues to take L's. So in the, <laughs> in the next episode, uh, Past, Present, and Fusion, we kick off. Now, you probably notice, if you were counting, you were like, okay, Shelby, Tyler, Chase, Coda, that's four. Is Kendall the fifth ranger? No, thank God. Yeah. Well, I feel like at this point they haven't mentioned anything about Chase and Coda, but I mean, Chase is there with like, he's wearing blue, and so it's like, you know, implied. The implication exists. <laughs> <laughs> that color coordination. Um, it's not that he has to wear blue, it's just that he wouldn't wear any other color because of the implication. <laughs> uh,. So there's got to be one more ranger, right? And there is. It's this guy, Riley. And we get introduced to him at the start of episode two. Riley is the green ranger. It is quickly apparent he's wearing a lot of green. Also, Riley gets one of the coolest Power Ranger introductions ever, probably. Like, this is a top-tier intro. 
The one thing to make note of before we continue on is that the actor who played him uh, explicitly played him as gay as possible. And he said so on Twitter, which is pretty great, honestly. Um, I know it's one of those things where just like they don't outwardly say it. They do the Disney coward bullshit, which finally in the year 2022 of our Lord, um, the Disney fans have kind of had it, especially since they're the company's bankrolling. Don't say gay in Florida. Um, yep. But uh, in this case, uh, you know, they don't outwardly say it, but. Yeah, no, Riley, uh, Riley. It's like, yeah, no, I'm going to portray this character as gay as possible in every scene. And uh, not you, you get a feeling of it this episode, but more so in a later episode uh, with one of the other characters. And it's very interesting. And you know what? They do a great job with Riley altogether, especially in this introduction. Just like one of the strongest character introductions we've had in a while that was very involved and personable, you know? Because Riley didn't necessarily have, like, a... Riley didn't need a Tyler backstory to be interesting. He's just a farm boy that likes to play with swords in his little shed. And it's great. It's He's good! Got some cool fucking <laughs> tricks! Yeah. So, yeah, Riley lives on a farm. And he's a fencer. Like, when we first see him, he's got a fencing jacket on and, and, and like, a... I think it's an probably a foil. Maybe. And it's one of those classic thin swords. Yeah, maybe an epi. But definitely something like that. Just some thin, wispy little sword. And he's just fucking around with his sword in the barn practicing. Uh, if you didn't know this, Kennedy's a sword person. I fenced in Who high school. Who isn't? <laughs> swords are sick as shit. Kennedy owns two swords, I think, right? I'm more than two. I don't know how many swords I own. <laughs> 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 it's at least like four. Yeah. I, okay, but, okay hold on. with jealousy. Hold on, though. Something important to note. Part of why I have so many swords, part of why I don't know exactly how many I have, I found some swords in a house that I cleaned out. And some of them were, were really cool, and so I kept some. That's pretty cool. Yeah. It was like a job where I was told I could keep anything in the house while I was like cleaning it out and like changing outlets and stuff like that. Was it the Wild Force Red Ranger house you were cleaning out? Yeah. <laughs> Damn. Damn. Did you get the, did you get the sword from the crime? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I wow, did you know that Wild Force Red uh killed their roommate and caught a manslaughter charge? Um, I remember hearing that. I didn't remember what Red Ranger. I just remember hearing Red Ranger kill someone with a katana or something. Also, we had two ex Power Rangers cast members kill someone with a sword, right? Because also there's the creepy guy from Samurai. He killed someone with a sword too, right? Or shit, they're up to two now. No, that's Wild Force Red, wasn't it? He no, came back no. as that character, or no? It's a, it's a different guy. Is it? Who no also way. did some kind of crime? I can't remember now. There's been multiple Power Rangers act, former Power Rangers actors that have done bad things. Sorry. Oh, <laughs> 
Operation Overdrive. Just look at what that cast was doing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Riley's fucking great. Uh, definitely keeps the pogs flowing just because like Riley is such an eccentric character already on screen. You get yeah, the, the feeling actor... that like the family like judges him, but they don't judge him too hard in the malicious like like it, I wouldn't say they judge him maliciously. They're just like you're 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 being silly with this thing. Come on, let's go help out in the farm. You know? Yeah, it was it was overall like his family seemed like pretty sweet to him. So Riley um goes looking for their dog who is missing. He's out in the woods and Fury is about to attack his dog. We don't know why exactly. I think Fury just kind of hates dogs. I think this is like a just like a very hateful person. She's like, yeah. oh, this dog's just standing here minding its own business. I want you out of my way. I'm a, I'm a slice through you. Yeah. Riley jumps in the way and uh, intervenes. And what do you know? Fury is actually here trying to get the green energem, which is just like in a rock outside of Riley's farm. Just in a rock. Just there. Just, just at a farm. You gotta yeah. think, was there like a major earthquake that hit Amber Beach that just like loosened up all the energems? I think you almost have to imagine something like that to survive this. Yeah. I just, I don't know, I don't get it. Like, how does all of these Energems wind up, like, on the grass <laughs> somewhere by a rock in I, a cave on, like, I, the I second, a, like, I the second a, sub-basement level or something? I bought a half ounce from my dealer. There's just an Energem in the bag. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just so, like, even just, like, logistically from, like, using my dino kid knowledge. It doesn't make any sense for a rock just to be there because then they crack it open when he and Fury start fighting when he's trying to defend his dog and it just cracks open and there's just like a dino skull in there and an energem. It's just there. That doesn't make any sense. It needs to be like under the earth. Or it should look like recently unearthed. It's like that rock has clearly been sitting there for ages. It's got moss on it. There's leaves all around it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Riley, you guessed it, gets the green energy gem and it turns into a sword right away for him. And this is an amazing intro because he goes toe to toe with Fury in a sword fight right away, but they've made it make sense because we know he's a sword kid. They're not just like pulling that out of their ass the way they do some seasons. It's yeah. actually pretty awesome. <laughs> Yeah, Tyler's like an Indiana Jones-esque explorer. That's why his reflexes are so good. Exactly. They're doing a good job with some of these characters. That's so, great. So uh, Riley gets the upper hand, and he and his dog escape. And then the next scene is he's packing his bags, and he's bidding farewell to his family because he's going to spend the summer in Amber Beach for something different. Because all he's ever really known is farm life. Uh, and uh, Riley jumps on uh, an old scooter that I guess they have at the farm. 
and takes off. And because stand users are naturally drawn to one another, uh, Riley breaks down almost instantly and is picked up by, you guessed it, Tyler and Shelby on their way back to town. That's right. It's all tying together suddenly. And then they notice a broken down car with someone still in it about to like die because the car is going to explode. Yeah, it's like upside down on top of him. And then his wife is just like in the most monotone voice is like, help, help. It's just. It feels very odd and out of place. Everything about this scene is sus. First of all, it's a single car accident on a quiet country road with no real obstacles around. Good pavement, etc. Dry. Um, and uh, the guy is like half out the sunroof. The wife is somehow fine. I feel like... Listen, folks. Roadhead isn't worth it, okay? <laughs> Not safe. All right? <laughs> It might seem fun for a second, but just get home. Just get home instead. Otherwise, you're going to end up like this guy in an episode of the Power Rangers. <laughs> <laughs> it was pretty sus, though. I thought I thought Fury was going to like pop out or, or something was going to happen. But, I mean, something does happen. They, uh, you know, decide to push the car off the guy and... Uh, Send yeah, so it fucking flying in the air. <laughs> they send it into space and it blows up. And they just look at each other and they go, the Energems. So, yeah, so they all realize that, okay, we're all stand users. We're on the same page. They head back to uh, the museum and Shelby's like, hey, let me, let me take you back to the museum and we'll figure some things out there maybe. And then she sees Chase and Coda, and she kind of tries to get their attention, but she can't. And, like, they kind of disappear? Question mark, question mark. And everyone's like, huh, that's odd. Where do they go? But then there's this huge T-Rex skull, like, just kind of in the warehouse. It's actually kind of at the front of the warehouse, which doesn't make a lot of sense. But, again, we'll just ignore some things. Um, but uh, Tyler's like... Damn, I'm too much of a dinosaur kid not to climb into this T-Rex mouth. You guys, you gotta help me take a selfie. Oh my god! <laughs> and they're like, okay, okay, yeah, that's fun. So uh he climbs in, but then he touches one of the teeth and the tongue like opens up and it's a slide and he goes sliding away into some mystery place. Dun dun dun! What could be happening? So uh, the other two follow, and then they find themselves in a very traditional Power Rangers lab type environment. Got the cave, it's got the technology, and it's got all these crystals where there's like, was it two, two of the other Energems they had? They have like Already? an Energem holder? Something like that. Yeah, it's like the but energy. But it seems like, like it's aesthetically like done that way. Like they purposefully were like, eh, you know, let me decorate this a bit. <laughs> they went on Etsy or something like that and was just like, like ah. crystals to hold energems. Yeah. 
So Kendall gets like a regular budget for the museum, but then she gets a budget for the Power Rangers stuff, and it's like the CIA budget. Nobody knows what it is. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> that's when it's kind of revealed that Chase and Coda have been Rangers for a while. And Kendall's been helping them. So that's kind of like interesting, right? Because now you have Rangers that are that have been active for who knows how long, maybe a couple years now. And then the Rangers meet the keeper for the first time, right? Yep. He's like, This is the power of the Energems. You are like the dinosaurs from back then. <laughs> and everybody's like, Whoa, we're we're just like power rangers now? And Kendall's like, Yeah. If the gem chose you, it chose you for a reason. But then she looks over at Shelby and she's like, I don't know why you were chosen, Shelby. I have no fucking clue what that reason could be for you, Shelby. Not one single idea. And I thought about it. And then walks away. (laughs) Yeah, she just goes so hard at Shelby. And you're like, what the fuck? I was just so unprompted because she's like, Tyler, it chose you because you were so brave in helping people, Riley. It chose you because you're making wise decisions or something. And for her, it was just like, it's anyone's guess. And it's just like, wow, just completely unprompted. Nobody asked you to be like this, Kendall. (laughs) (laughs) Nobody wanted this. They don't get to hang out for too long, though, because... There's strange readings at the volcano. The T-Rex sword is like freaking out. And they all leave except Tyler because his Energem is like not working or something. Yeah, it's like glowing because there's something wrong with it. And the Keeper tells him he has to stay behind because it's not functioning correctly or the readings are off. And then you like immediately pivot to, oh, it's because your Zord's there. It's fucking with your readings. (laughs) And then they're just like, okay, you can go, like, two minutes later. Basically. (laughs) So the Zords, they're the dinosaurs that went extinct all those years ago, right? So the the red Dinozord is the Tyrannosaurus Rex that had the red Energem and just fucking died and was reborn as a Zord? Oh, is that what happens? Am I wrong here, Kennedy? Um, it seems like something like that happened, like, or, like, I don't know if maybe it just transformed, you know, like, it just bonded with the Energem. Oh, and then so you think that the Tyrannosaurus Rex morphed into a Zord permanently? Yeah, like a permanent morph. The implications of that. I know, right? So wait, the Zord is a suit? Well, not necessarily. Like I, I'm thinking, it's more of a of a permanent, a permanent change. You have to think of it as a maybe a little bit equivalent to like uh, something like Robo Knight, right? Like a a character like that who's clearly connected to the morphing grid, but is fully synthetic and constructed. But this is more of like a caterpillar into a butterfly sort of evolution, right? Like there's no going back to the caterpillar. Right. Yeah. Got it. If you, 
maybe it's possible for humans to do this, but it's just like you can't go back, so people don't really consider it an option. Gotcha. Also, why would you want to be stuck in the suit? You can't, like, fucking eat or anything. <laughs> also, some seasons you don't even have kissable plastic lips, so you really wouldn't want to be stuck in that suit. Yeah. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Whenever they come back, I'm just like, oh, perfect touch. <laughs> I, oh, I agree. If you've got the lips, being stuck in the suit wouldn't be so bad. But if you got a flat mouth season, might as well kill yourself. What? <laughs> <laughs> the suits of this season are awesome. No, but I just mean if you're stuck in a suit, though. Yeah, if you're, you're stuck right. in a suit, you got to be stuck in a suit with, with lips. It's the only way you're going to survive. <laughs> you're going to need that little bit of human contact. <laughs> yeah, just a little. Yeah, I don't know. That's just like, that's my guess is like the team, because Keeper gathers together this group of 10 dinosaurs distributes the 10 gems to them and then is like basically like by the way earth is fucked you're in charge of something bye <laughs> um and it just seems to me that like when those dinosaurs bonded with those gems especially because like i feel like they were gonna die from the asteroid so normally you wouldn't necessarily want to become a zord but like if you were going to die, just 100% going to die. So is it like a FMA situation with, uh, oh, I forget the brother's names. Yes. You're saying it's I can't like think that. of their names either because I haven't watched that anime since like high school. But yeah, okay, I never watched it properly anyway. I watched Elric? like seven episodes. So shit. Elric and Alfred? No. Something like that. But like one of them is just basically like a soul in a suit. So yeah. is, it, is, it, is it is like that? They're that's, just like as a way to save their we're consciousness. Speculating, but that's what I think. Yeah. <laughs> yes. I mean, because it literally just acts like a dinosaur. It just like walks around until Tyler gets there and gives it uh, the dino charger. And then it like has that small little transformation. And then he's like in control of it. This is what it yeah. seems like, at least. Alphonse. Alphonse was the one in the suit, and then Elric was, uh, Edward Elric was the, the one with the arm. Right, yeah, yeah, it's an Alphonse situation for sure. That's what I, th I mean, this is speculation. We're getting into, <laughs> we're just being Sentai truthers, you know how we do. Um, <laughs> really gotta get it in there. <laughs> but yeah, I don't know, that's what it feels like to me. And we've seen this kind of like Zords having aspects of like the wild animal personality in some way being hard to control. Like that's a common theme. Um, you know, whether it's the deer that you have to play a flute for or the Zord <laughs> that you have to spend all day trying to fish out of the, the sea while your friends are literally dying. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, the T-Rex Zord freaking out. Um, but uh, once Tyler arrives, you know they hold him for a second. It's like they're all jumping out of a plane and they've got their parachutes. But then when Tyler's about to go, they're like, "Wait, there's something wrong with your chute. Got to hold you back for a second. Yeah. Okay, you're good to go. And then they let him jump. <laughs> it's very like forced 
just to have this like brief moment where the team is without their leader and is like trying to pull together but struggling slightly. Um, it's not bad though. It's just kind of funny because you can really tell they they <laughs> just like they just really wanted to have that momentary plot device and they did not justify. Yeah, uh, the Zord itself moves in unrealistic ways that you wouldn't think a Zord would move. Yeah, and some of the... Some of the, like... In the Sentai footage, the director for, of photography was going hard on some of this stuff. Like, no one asked you to get this artistic with it, and you just did it anyway. <laughs> it's so fun. It I love cool. the... Yeah, yeah. No, so the cool. Sentai footage, you could tell there's like, like a very clear difference of when they're using the Sentai footage with the Zord versus like just the regular CGI. Like they have the Zord and you know, when it when it's when it's that Sentai footage, it's like, oh, this is so fun and chunky the way it moves. Yeah. Um I like it just seemed like in the Japanese footage, the Zord had way more maneuverability. Like the Zord itself can like soft do a soft landing upon arrival which what <laughs> like how is it able to propel itself enough to not cause like an a, like a humongous crash every time it, it dives down right somewhere but for some reason the zord is able to do that also the zord is able to whip around like do 180 degree turns at will pretty fast unexpectedly Incredible stuff. What they were—I don't know what they were smoking, but man, that was some good shit. <laughs> some good shit. Um, so uh, they fight uh some big monsters, and uh, they fight Ice Age again, and there's a bunch of fighting, and they win a bunch, um, with the T Rex Zord. Just kicking ass, destroying Ice Age. All the very impressive. The Red Ranger does like a, a common rider kick in the air. Yeah, he does the a rider kick. Yeah, there's definitely a rider kick. It's not called a rider kick. Uh, but he does like this full dino charge blast. And for some reason, it just goes so fucking hard. The action sequences are great this season, I might add. I know we're kind of glossing over them for time, but... Yeah, for sure. They they go ham on this. And the soundtrack bangs. It's lit. I fucking love it. You also get to see a little more Riley's sword fighting, which is also A+. Yes. yes. The Dino Ranger suits uh also they get I think they get the full transformation uh in this episode, right? Yeah. Yeah, the actual animation isn't that bad. I do think that when they do the uh because they go into, like, full black, right? Before they go into the actual suit itself again? There's, like, a Tim and Eric Awesome Show good job moment where they're, like, in black. First, like, it's either first white and then black spandex and it, like, changes color and they're, like, posing a bunch. It's yeah. <laughs> it kind of implies that, like, the morphing grid creates the clothing, right? Like, creates the under armor into the armor, too. Yeah. Because they'll just be in regular outfits and then they'll morph and then just go, oh yeah, here's the black suit, the white suit, and then here's the here's the ranger armor right on top, baby. 
You're you're well protected. <laughs> I get those layers uh, I love in there. The poses, though the poses go hard. Dino charge red. <laughs> like <laughs> you you're just like yeah fuck yeah. That was like one of the only good parts of like uh Wild Force. I'm Danny the Iron Bison, right? Yeah. They do shit like that, but it's here in while in uh Dino Charge and it's it's so much fun. So much fun. You just get like you just get a you get the feeling from these actors um that they 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 love this shit. <laughs> like they're going along. They're very like yes everything, which is great. Yeah, there's got to be some improv in this season. You feel it a little bit here. You'll feel it more later, but there, there there's there's some there's some energy to certain scenes where you're like they they just added a little bit of extra flair to this. Yeah. And uh, Keeper, at the end of all of this, uh, Keeper and the rest of the Rangers welcome Riley into the fold, right? Uh, I mean, they kind of had already welcomed him, but yeah. No, it, it mostly just ends with uh, Kendall being like, you can't reveal your identity. You're forever 18. Yeah, you're forever 18. Uh, Keeper being like... Uh, you fought a monster called Ice Age, but Fury is who you're going to be up against soon. And then Sledge uh, has come back to Earth after all these years. He's got all of his guys in cages, and he's like, who wants to kill some Power Rangers? Yeah, he's basically like, you want your freedom? Bring me the head of a Power Ranger. And all of his prisoners are like, blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And then it just fucking ends. And you're just like, oh, shit, okay. We've got a fucking season. Let's go. <laughs> Solid start. Yeah, for sure. Um, yeah, uh, Kennedy, what would, you, uh, what would you like to give Dino Charge episode one and two? So I think episode one is like probably about a 7.5. It gets good, but it really kind of is a little clunky in a lot of its like start. Um, Keeper, little bit of a turnoff. It's especially noticeable in this episode compared to like not so noticeable in the next one. But like we see a lot of Keeper and there's just a lot of like Keeper having too much dialogue while his mouth doesn't move very much. <laughs> things like yeah. that. Um, and then again, just a lot of like weird little things that felt off, like the whole cave sequence being just a little too goofy. Um, but like the character development stuff, pretty strong. And like, w if you take out like the Shelby Tyler scene at the end, this episode might rate way lower, but that scene at the end of the episode really saves the episode and keeps it at like a, a a relatively strong if not the strongest ever rating. Episode 2 is more like a 9. Episode 2 was really good. There's a few flaws, but like almost all of it is super pog. And so uh it's not quite perfect. I don't quite want to give it the 10. I'm even tempted to almost be like 9.5 maybe. Because, like, it is really good, but I'm yeah. just going to land on the nine for it and say, like, it's a really strong, solid, very enjoyable episode of the Power Rangers. Riley is amazing. Um, 
one of the truly one of the greatest ranger introductions that we've ever had uh there's there's a scene in this episode where i don't think we mentioned it but the t-rex megazord or sorry the t-rex zord uh just fucking uh bites onto ice age and throws him out of there like it's fucking team rocket we're blasting off again and you're just like okay (laughs) yeah oh that's it (laughs) yeah let's let's keep it going (laughs) <laughs> this is a lot of overall good shit. So, episode one is like we're kind of struggling to get the pace and the tone right a little bit. It's a little clunky. Episode two, pretty much just Pog with a few small complaints, and that's where I landed with it. I'm gonna echo your sentiments, but I'm gonna bump up the score to episode one to an eight. I think Tyler really, there's a lot of plot convenience here, both episodes. I'm going to keep that in mind. Um, But I think overall, Tyler's performance in episode one really sells Dino Charge. Uh, Between that, the truther shit that's in here with the like, the fact that it seems no matter where the morphing grid is introduced, it seems to cause an extinction level event. This being this season being one of them is very interesting. Um, it's a bomb. That part is always fun. Uh, <laughs> There's just a lot of fun, goofy, campy, but ultimately like exciting parts to episode one that I feel like bump it up a lot. That I feel like even though I watched it and we did nitpick at it quite a bit here. I can still tell that it's like, oh, I'm nitpicking at it, and I feel slightly more negative this time around because I've watched episode one to Dino Charge like five fucking times at this point. Like this is like like Dino Charge and Zero and Common Rider Zero are are shows that like I've rewatched the first couple of episodes multiple fucking times, and it's it and it goes to show that these are seasons that like I straight up will show people. Like, I'll, I'll just be like, hey, yeah, I do a podcast for Power Rangers. And they're like, Power Rangers, I've never watched it. Or I haven't watched it since the 90s. And I'm like, oh, you can, this, this, right? I'm doing the Christian Bale meme where it's like, this, oh, oh, good stuff right here. You know, like, <laughs> that's me with Dino Charge. Tyler, and then followed up by Riley's performance in episode two with a lot of the Pog action sequences. Just real, some real keynote shit. I'm also at probably that 9.5 or 9, 9.5 mark there as well. Um, I, I know we didn't talk too much about the other Rangers, but there's not too much to say about them yet. What did you think, Wow? Uh, I mean, they were great. Uh, in rewatching them, um, I think what I said in my original like review, I think really stands. Um, so, like, cause what I remember mostly that when that first uh, watch through was for the first one was that it did feel like it ran a little long just because it was like two very separate stories. Like it's, oh, you have the stuff in the first half with the keeper and sledge and all his guys and that fighting over the energems. And then you have like a very defined like second part and made ma- with, you know, with all the Rangers and finding the energems, them running into that in the fight with Ice Age. And it just felt like very distinct. and. It made it feel like a little long, so that one I do have to give it maybe like uh, seven, seven and a half. 
Um, honestly, I don't remember what I originally gave them, but but the second play, uh, second wash through, I would say like a seven, seven and a half. And then for the second episode, I thought it was a lot more co- co- cohesive. And with them focusing on like just those first three rangers, like red and pink with the first one, and then like green, and then a little more red and pink with this one, I think made it a lot more cohesive in that way because you have like less characters to focus on. And so um, I think I have to give it like an eight and a half, nine. I mean, I haven't seen as many <laughs> intro episodes as you guys, obviously. So I don't have a bar the same bar as like where to place it but i mean i thought it was like pretty solid for like yeah. you know for getting everything done at least the second episode for sure i feel like with the reintroduction of guests into sentai truther club uh i'm noticing that we're rating higher than our guests are consistently now <laughs> <laughs> which just goes to show we've just watched a shit ton of power rangers it, well it it varies a bit, but definitely there are times when we noticeably are a little above our guests just because, yeah, we're just, we're always framing things. You you know if you've listened to this show that I especially am like, a, a 10 on this show is a Power Rangers 10. Coward! You know? Coward! I, it's, it's, it's total cowardice, but, you know. <laughs> just admit that it's- Speed Racer is one of the best films of all time. <laughs> it's pretty good it's all about that context and you guys have all that context from watching so many episodes yeah um i'm really happy that there's still pogs to be found 22 seasons in i think is the the main takeaway that we can get out of this right yeah and it's definitely it's nice to see that they're still able to do something a little bit fresh with the Power Rangers model even this many seasons in cuz we're so many seasons in and to be honest they blew so much of a load with the Mega Force Super Mega Force 20th anniversary stuff in terms of just like you it's hard to do something bigger than that you know yeah <laughs> um a season where literally they get to put on any suit from any season that has ever come before. Like that's huge. Uh, that's like a big shadow to be walking behind in effect, you know? And uh, so I think it's impressive that they actually kind of like found a way to put an interesting spin on a new season here. And that's impressive. Yeah, for sure. For sure. Wow, before we head out of here, um, what would you like to plug? Oh, as last time, I all I have to plug really is my Twitter, which is Guau W. No, sorry, I'm getting ahead of myself and spelling my own at uh, G W A U U. Um, I haven't been streaming as consistently, but uh, it's mostly because I primarily stream Fire Emblem Heroes and I've been saving all my orbs. <laughs> so now that all the big, uh, gotcha uh, banners are coming out i'm like okay i've been sitting on these orbs for months time to just just blast them all so i'm probably gonna be streaming soon but uh you can find me primarily on twitter uh, my twitch is also guau g-w-a-u-u i used to be a part of that that gotcha life with uh Yu-Gi-Oh! duel links i was very much a part of that and i was getting king of games every season let's go and then i was just like you know uh if i don't spend about a hundred dollars a month i can't keep up with the meta at this point 
Because Konami was all just like, yeah, we're going to release a new Yu-Gi-Oh box every month. And I'm like, great. <laughs> See you later. Peace out. <laughs> but it was fun while it lasted, at least. Guau, thank you so much for coming on board. Uh, I'm, you know, you are our luckiest guest. I must say, <laughs> we we put our guests through through the ringer quite a bit of times, but you you come out the other end, uh, which is coming up with some of the uh, the poggiest stuff to watch when you come around. So uh, next time, we'll just make sure to to get you for a bad season. That's what we got. Oh, that's do. fine. I'm excited. <laughs> I like watching awful shit sometimes. You know, it's all that, about that humbling. Well, You're just, we'll I can't you back for uh, some Mystic Knights of Tiernanog, and then see if you still want to be friends. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, I know about it because you guys have mentioned it before on previous ca- uh, podcasts. <laughs> that is it. That is the rest of my contextual knowledge for. Mystic you don't Knight. want it. I think we're. I think we're over. I'm gonna be honest with you. I think we're over the really bad shit. At least on the Power Rangers front. Um, it might change when we get into like Super Sentai and Common Rider and shit like that. But I think for right now, if we were to invite you back on, I think you would be safe for the upcoming couple <laughs> months at least. <laughs> oh, sorry. Go ahead. I, I was just gonna say. I know you. I just know you're you're uh, quite a big fan. I think at this point. Oh, I mean, I was, I watched them as a kid, didn't really get to watch them too much more when I was older, because I feel like, yeah, that was when the transition to Disney and I just wasn't watching Disney um, because they had all the live action shows and I was just interested in cartoons. <laughs> um, I mean, like, to be fair, we yeah. had like, what, Danny Phantom, My Life as a Teenage Robot. And like, that's, that's on Nickelodeon. That's Courage Cowley Dog on Cartoon Network, uh, Ed, Ed and Eddie, Billy and Mandy. Honestly, when it came to the edgy cartoons, I was more of a Billy Mandy kind of person over Invader Zim. I see. I was a Danny Phantom. I really liked Danny Phantom as a kid. Um, Fairly Odd Parents, SpongeBob. Like that was like I think towards the end of my like I'm I'm done watching cartoons. I think I was still like I think the last like bit of cartoons I watched before I completely transitioned to like VH1 MTV reality television era. Was like the Fairly Odd Parents, and they did that uh, that three part television movie. I forgot about what something about the rule book going Ari or something like that. But um, was yeah, that the no. One with the Wish Cupcake might have been. Uh, it was before Poof, though. And which, that's the which only is... one that I remember. That or Channel Surfers, the one where he's like going through the TV shows with uh. That Mickey. one was good. That one was good. <laughs> They, they, of course, got a Dragon Ball Z reference in there. That's that's primo shit. I loved it when Billy and Mandy uh, did that, too. Chicken, what was it? Chicken Ball Z? Yeah, Chicken Ball Z. Yeah. All right. Well, we'll see you guys next time on the Sentai Truther Club. And thank you so much for listening. Rangers, thank you so much for listening. If you liked what you heard, please make sure to rate our podcast five stars on iTunes and Stitcher. Subscribe to our podcast wherever you listen to them. And as always, you can find Kennedy and I on Twitter. I am at Gravcast, and Kennedy is at Kennedy T. Cooper. Stay safe, Rangers, and may the power protect you.